dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going uh it's been a great season no actually it's been terrible um the weather (laughs) out here has been crap i would give anything to have a magical rod to change it <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like because the, the, the problem is when i went there I, I i waved the wand of winter and i haven't been back out there yet so yeah you know yeah so if you could come unscrew us that would be neat <laughs> <laughs> well i mean if, if 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 you're willing to pay a plane plane ticket you know go ahead and uh schedule me in for sometime around march april you know when <laughs> And that's, and then I promise fair. you there will, there will be some correlation between my visit and the warm weather. <laughs> no, I, I like this because uh, without a time machine, I have no way to compare that experiment yeah. <laughs> to a different set of, of procedures. So I, I will have to assume, like losers it, on the Internet, that it must have worked. Co- correlation always proves causation. The world gets wildly more fascinating if you assume that correlation always proves causation. Oh, so does correlation is correlation the effect that causes causation? So cor- correlation no, no, just means I'm, that the- I'm saying in a universe where correlation oh. and causation are the same thing, is it that the fact that they correlate makes it true that it was a cause or just that they are the same thing? Just just no, the, the, the former, right? Okay. So like, yeah, if if you can find a correlation, then that therefore in this universe means that the the statement that that A causes B is true and the thing is that it doesn't really you don't really know like which direction the correlation the causal you know thing goes for example you know there are more ps5s in the world now than there have ever been in the past and life expectancy is higher than it's ever been in the past therefore you know ps either ps5s <laughs> increase life expectancy or the longer people live the more ps5s get generated I don't know which, but one of those two things has to be true. Yeah. In in that universe, I would spend all of my time looking for spurious correlations because that would then <laughs> force them into like a fundamental law of the universe, which sounds great. Yeah. And it, not it, at all it, dangerous. We are all of us gods. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. What did, Speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Didn't didn't we play a video game? Um we played uh, The Legend of Zelda or Holon, Oracle of Seasons. Uh, which is, so I'll just do the the whole meta, right? So this game came out in May of 2001. It was for the Game Boy Color. Uh, it's, if you've, if you've ever played Zelda, it's Zelda, right? So here, here's my summary. It is a top-down 2D action puzzle game. You all know what Zelda is by now. Uh, you got to yep. save a bunch of MacGuffins in order to have the power to save another MacGuffin, which is usually a human. And in this case, it's like, she's kind of a god, I guess. Like you're trying to save yeah. her, right? Um, you push and blocks, it, 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 you stab things. There's like a bunch of different items. But what's cool stop, is like you have to stop Kirkland Brand Ganon from yeah, you know, you know, yeah. You know, you're, you're not in Hyrule. And, you're in like Holodor. Like it still even starts with an H. It's a lot of <laughs> a lot of overlap. Um, what was unique about this game is this was for the Game Boy, and there's another one called Oracle of Ages, and there was a third one called Oracle of Game Cancelled, and that one was. <laughs> going because then there was going to be one for each the triforce yeah. right and then but you could like link cable them and there are like passwords you could pass back and forth so there are two thirds of a 
a whole Zelda idea that like never has manifested outside of this, ex- unless you count four swords, like you had to play four swords as a mm. like linked up with your friends. But I don't know. I think it was a pretty cool idea. They did yeah. a smart thing and made sure the game stood alone. So like we only played Oracle of Seasons. But right. Yeah. Which is, is kind of important. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you can play, play Pokemon blue and never ever play red or any of the others. It just means that your Pokedex will be, incomplete but forever until your friends make fun of you to death yep which you know to be fair the number of times they make fun of me and my closeness to death does have a correlation so therefore (laughs) (laughs) it's it just shows that bard's bard's vicious mockery is actually a real thing you know yeah like yeah that's not a fantasy spell that's just a description of teenage (laughs) male bonding yeah because it's like a wizard's like you know how do you get your spells? Oh, well, I've studied for many years and I and I accumulated this knowledge of the universe and I use it to evoke magic. Sorcerer, how do you catch your spells? Like, well, I have deep ties of my, my draconic lineage that I use to evoke magic given my strong connection to my personality. Bard, how do you how do you create magic? I don't know, man. I was making fun of a goblin one time so hard that he died. <laughs> also, I have a loot. Um, <laughs> do you uh, do you have much of a nostalgic experience for this game? Because mine is like kind of mean (laughs) i don't the one thing though that i will say during this 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 part of it is um i was i was when i was playing this game i was getting a feeling of nostalgia and i'm like i don't think i've played this but why does there's a lot of like like nostalgia feelings for it and then i was like wait a minute and i went online and I, I did a little bit of research and I'm so I'm sorry. I'm so Wait, very you sorry. You did a little bit of research about this game or about the Zelda franchise? Kind of the Zelda franchise is, is so the, so the, the you, research you might have cheated it. You might be okay. So the, 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 the research that I did, I, the reason why I was able to justify it is because I'm like, I know that you are going to have to look this up. So I just got the information before you said it just now, which is when was this game released? And when was Ocarina of Time released? Because I needed to know which came first. Because I was like, there's a lot of corollaries between these two games. And so this one came after Ocarina of Time. I mean, it straight up has the Song of Storms in it. <laughs> That's what made me go to look it up. Because I heard that and I, and I said, there, I've got to know which came first, the chicken or the egg on this one. Because I heard that and I was like, okay. And then, uh, yeah, they've got, you know, Lon Lon. They don't have Lon Lon Ranch, but they have Lon Lon something. I forget what it is, you know, like. Yeah, and she um, she refers to her father when you go and talk to her. Who it is yeah. him? Like it's the long long guide. Like it's yeah, yes, yeah. So yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot, and you know they constantly refer to like, oh, you have the Triforce symbol on your hand, you know. And I was like that that I think that was established in Ocarina, you know. So anyway, so that that was kind of my so I got a little bit of a of a nostalgia bump from a you know Ocarina of Time and and how this kind of leaned on its mythology a bit. So. Uh, that's my nostalgia experience. No, that, and I, I think that's what is happening here because uh, something I forgot to mention is another thing that makes this game and Oracle of Ages unique. These are made by Capcom, right? These weren't mm. made by Nintendo. These were made by Capcom. And Zelda, historically, and now, you know, up to the present day, uh, is something they hold pretty close, just like the Mario franchise, right? Or, or um, like pokemon company does not let other companies make pokemon games right there's just there are certain properties that companies own that they're like we make this we don't trust anybody else to make this for whatever reason they let capcom make what was supposed to be a trilogy but ended up just being the the two games and if you're capcom and you have 
this incredibly successful source material plus Zelda two to draw on, then you have to not screw that up, right? Like yeah. <laughs> you have a relationship <laughs> with Nintendo and you need to not screw all of that up. So the music is, uh, not even it like they're covers, right? Like they're game boy yeah. covers literally of, they're not homages. It's not like, Oh, this is kind of, it is literally like someone just took that and, shoved it into however much they could fit onto a Game Boy cartridge. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't blame you for that because I think year of release is like, I mean, I always know the year of release cause I have to make sure the game is old enough. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that was the thing though, is that like, so I needed to know it's year of release because, because it's a Game Boy game in my mind, I just equated it to a, a original Game Boy and to Super Mario Land, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, one of those which, I, like, which in like my mind, I'm like 90 or 91 or whatever. Yeah, way earlier, you know. So in my mind, I was like, oh, well, this, it would have been like, I was more closely thinking that this came out around the time of uh, Link to the Past, you know, somewhere between Link to the Past and Ocarina is where I assumed this thing had landed. And then I was like, either they really called their shot on this game and, and Ocarina cribbed a lot of stuff or it was, it was the, the thing that makes sense. But anyways, but what was your nostalgia experience? Well, it's the experience you had, but at like when it was new, right? So mm. to me, the, um, uh, the first Zelda game boy, which I can't believe I'm blanking on the name now, but the, the other one that started as a port of link to the past. And then they were mm. like, no, let's just make it into its whole own game. Um, the game is a, a perfectly serviceable game. I enjoyed it, but it's not linked to the past. And when I was a right. kid, I was too shallow to understand that things can be similar and different and those differences can be enjoyable. So I was just like, Oh, but it's, but it's not linked to the past. Right. And then, um, cause I didn't have a game boy. So all the game boy games I played f- through friends who had game boys. And so when Oracle of, uh, seasons and Oracle of ages came out, I was like, right. Still not linked to the past though. <laughs> still like a, a little wimpy baby game shoved onto a game boy. So, I had that kind of like, ah, but it's not my Zelda thing. And that has carried on until fairly recently when we like went back and we're actually gave some of these games the time of day. Um, I, I still don't know if I'm ever going to be able to bring myself to play spirit tracks though. The one that's about trains because mm. it just, it might be, it might be too not Zelda. It just seems too silly. Like, I don't know. R- go fill out the feedback form if it's awesome and I should totally play it. But like, it just seems like even the cover art looks like weird fan art of someone who likes Zelda and also likes trains. Cause it's just yeah. like link in a little conductor's hat. I don't know. It's weird, <laughs> but, th- but this is not that. Well, I think that, that, so I a hundred percent agree with you that I had a very similar thing when I was a kid because I loved a link to the past because I was like, Oh my God, this story's amazing. And I am the hero of ages and I defeated Ganon and I am a God, you know, and I, and I felt, you know, amazing. Right. And then I played Ocarina of the times and all of a sudden it was, or in German, das Flutenduten, uh, on that recently. <laughs> thought that was funny yeah um, no, that, there's there's no way that's a joke to trick americans that's that's definitely <laughs> it yeah yeah the germans are like there's no way they're gonna buy oh my god they're buying it um, oh, my, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, you know i posted this on reddit just to see if anybody would bite but it's it's everywhere now <laughs> <laughs> but we're in too deep we have to change the language um so 
all this is true. Uh, but no, and then you know, Ocarina of Time, where I'm like, I am the hero of time. I have saved Zelda, though my love, and you know, defeated Ganon and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, hey man, you want to go fishing? I'm like, no, I don't want to play Zelda fishing. No, I don't want to play Oracle of Seasons. Like seasons, you want me to go collect acorns? Am I can collect acorns. Do you have any? I was smashing gods two minutes ago. I don't care, you know. So, um, so it, it, I think that that, and now that I'm older, uh, I, I. Those giant overarching like hero narratives can be fun, but they're not necessarily like the thing that I always gravitate to, right? So I think that it's kind of like when you're a kid, you're like, all right, hey, I got a cookie. Now a sugar cookie. Now the most sugariest cookie in all of Sugarington. And at some point you're like, there are other tastes out there. You know, there are other stories to be told. So I think that now was the time for me to play this. Otherwise, it would have just been all put out before now and been like, well, you know what I'm not doing? I'm not saving the world. I don't even care about this, man. That's why I couldn't play Majora's Mask. I was like, who cares? <laughs> we will probably at some point have to circle back to Majora's Mask. Um, and there's, God, there's also, there's Oracle of Ages and there's Wind Waker and there's Minish Cap and I think in two years comes around. Like, there's so much Zelda. There's so many Zelda games. <laughs> mean Zelda in this Zelda. How long until uh, we can play uh, uh, the, the most recent one? What was it? Breath um, of the Wild. <laughs> Yeah, when, when can we play Breath of the Wild? Uh, in like 14 years. We'll get there. <laughs> no, I mean, I believe we can do it. Yeah, yeah. That'll um, be our last episode when that one comes <laughs> of age. Then, then we will be... God, oh my God. Okay, we need to do... We need to chill and so we can actually okay. talk about the game properly. Uh, if you like what we're doing, you can... Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show you can follow me on some socials but the best way to get in touch with us is feedback form on the website uh we also have a discard discard a discord a discard uh pretty chill you can find links for all that crap on the website um but feedback form is best for hey your opinions are wrong um also hey you should play this game because we love to do audience requests as much as we possibly can quick aside to my shilling um we we got a review on apple Podcasts, which is another way you could support us because then you know people know that you think the show is good and you should listen to it and i love it because they specifically call us out over something that i think is completely legitimate it's this it's a glowing review it's just it's like a paragraph and a half long it's just you know uh i love their chemistry and they they really try to be insightful while still like having fun the way they reviewed super metroid was not great i'm really not convinced <laughs> they understood what makes that game good and i was just like damn, this is, I love this. Like, because this is someone <laughs> who is willing to say, I really enjoy what you're doing. Also, I really don't love this one thing you did. And it's like, we've made hundreds of episodes at this point, And that was fairly early on. So like, I'll take that all day. Like if we, if you really disagree with something, not just like you, you crapped on my game that I like, but like, if, if you don't think our reasoning held up, like, yes, please give us that follow up. I want to hear that feedback. You know what we should do actually is maybe one one game a year we should or one one of these a year we should first put it out there and say what is the game that you think we completely screwed up our review on and then go back and replay it and see if our review held up yeah that like might we play um, the game we listen to it and say all right do I sh- maintain yeah. those feelings or or have I changed yeah we we were talking about the year in review a little bit mm-hmm. I think that might be might be a cool addition to that kind of like all right like here's here's how we feel how do you feel like that yeah something something like that but yeah because i I do i do kind of want to go back and play at some point super mario world you know again like the first one that we did (laughs) that one terrifies me 
I have not managed to re-listen to that episode. I'm scared. Oh, unfortunately, I went back and re-listened to our Sonic 2 episode, and I was like, oh, my God. This, <laughs> we've, we've gotten better at doing this. Thank God, because that's almost unlistenable. Yeah. Um, if you want to recommend episodes besides those two, because those were the first two, <laughs> uh, that's, I think, the best way to get other people into the show. Find a game that you think we did a good job reviewing and you enjoyed that episode for and, and share that. That's, that's even more helpful than the Apple's podcasts. If you want to uh, really go above and beyond, you can give us money on Patreon. Everybody who supports at every level gets the after show, which is just more show uh, only available to Patreon subscribers of all levels. But if you support at a high enough level, you can get shouted out. So first, we have to thank our 8-bit classics. Jacob. A beautiful spring season. Yarno. A sweltering summer season. Jason. A august autumn season, because I'm not saying fall. <laughs> John. <laughs> A wonderful wintry wonderland season. And Kevin. A mushy flying bear. <laughs> and our 16-bit hero, Michael. A rock-hard rod Ooh. of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> salty. Or saucy. No, so, well, I don't know. You might be salty I mean, about it, but, but that was saucy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was saucy. Well, we'll see if we're going to be salty. But yeah. Um, all right. Should we talk about the game properly? Uh, yes, that feels like a thing that we do do here at some point. <laughs> Eventually. Um, so I've got actually a lot of notes for audio visual, but I mean, they kind of all, a lot of them fall into the category of this, this, this absolutely to me looks like a Zelda game, you know, um, it's, and it is, this game is kind of threading the line between being its own thing and paying enough homage slash, you know, being enough like pulling enough copyrighted material so that way people can point to it and go oh hey look a thing that i like you know it, it, it's kind of reference so for example a lot of the bad guys are you know re re reimaginings of the way that they were in original legend of zelda you know or in uh, uh a link to the past you know uh but but that being said is that the game's game's gorgeous you know it's, it's a zelda game. I, I have realized too now that we've played i don't know a handful or more Game Boy Color games. I love this art style because every sprite is limited to, I think, just three colors, and they do an unbelievable amount of lifting with that. Like, they still manage to get expression. You know, when Link uh, tries to pull something and he, did, oh, what'd you, what'd you name yourself? Link. Link. I went with Lunk. I like Lunk. Mm, yeah um yeah, that's we, fair you know you, tr you try to pull something and you don't have the power bracelet you get like the little sweat lines and he like throws his head back and his arms are stretched out in front of him because <laughs> he's trying so hard right and it's like you know this the sprite i think is actually a one by one pixel it's just a solid green block and yet somehow they managed to convey like a lot of character and emotion in it and i think that supports my like view of what zelda is supposed to look like right like the the original Zelda Link to the Past and now the the Game Boy iterations that we've played it's like oh this is just Link is a little dude with a little green hat or sometimes pink hair if you're playing Link to the Past right like he's just <laughs> that's like what he looks like which I think is why when um is it is Twilight Princess the GameCube one yes right uh and and Wind Waker technically yes true um but it, but Twilight Princess was like so serious like well that was the thing is because it was it was dark. it was wind waker came out first you know and oh, so did it? they yeah oh, right I, because twilight princess was on the gamecube and the wii it like did the mm -hmm. weird bridge or, yeah you're right 
because because that was the thing is that like they came out you know they they were like GameCube and oh my gosh the GameCube and look at all of the pixels and people were like yeah and they're like and there's gonna be a Zelda game and they're like yeah and it's gonna be a cartoon no <laughs> and so <laughs> and so uh, so people got really upset about that and and I'll be honest at the time myself included because I wanted to see the epic super serious ocarina of time and so then they did that and and even i was like i don't know guys this feels a little dark you know like right because so i grew up reading in nintendo power the zelda comic which i still contend is phenomenal and and everyone should read it um the super mario brothers comic is also phenomenal um but he never looks masculine or manly or even like an adult like he, he always kind of looks cute and anime and and everything like things are serious and it's it's not like rugrats where it's his perception of the world is what makes it serious like ganon really is trying to kill everyone and everything is really dangerous and and lives are on the line in the future of whatever h named civilization you're trying to rescue but when i look at this i see these cute little sprites but that doesn't make it any harder for me to believe that like the stakes are high and things are serious right but then when they got to twilight princess it was just like mm, like so so angry so i i not only do i really love this art style in general but to me this is what zelda looks like right and i think that again you know when we kind of i, I feel that zelda there was a period of time in the franchise where it was starting to lose its footing you know where they, they were like we don't know how to really zelda so this I feel that that this game's visuals and kind of feel is what bore out because if you look at uh why can't I or Sky Wind Breath of the Wild I always I always think Wind Waker and I don't know why because it's it's Breath and Wild (laughs) I don't know anyways Breath of the Wild uh if you look at that one again that animation style like it is beautiful colors and it's vibrant even though super serious Calamity Ganon's gonna come kill everyone you know but overall it's not like everything's terrible all of the time forever you know so and this game is more in line with that right where you know it's like okay so you know yeah you know this 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 kirkland ganon is going to take over the world or whatever right um so uh but uh but you know you, you get to you get to ride in the kangaroo and you get to hop on a flying bear and, and he wears you know, boxing cool. gloves and the yeah. bear is like chubby and he's got little wings like yeah what, and, and, and it, how is this not fun don't you people like fun <laughs> he he butt pounds the ground you know like it's uh it's fun um i will uh, a couple of other just uh pure visual notes is um uh, one of the things I think that this game did that was cool from a visual standpoint is, uh, and and it plays a little bit in the mechanics is, um, you know, they 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 do some side scrolling bits. That's kind of cool. Yeah, the that seems to be a thing. The Game Boy Zelda's just thought was cool. Like yeah. as far as far as I can tell, they all do it. I don't know if that continued into the Game Boy Advance era, but the the Game Boy one that I sadly can't remember the name of, and the two that are on the Game Boy Color is just like platforming segments. And I agree, like they are they do exist visually they're neat i mechanically i I agree there's some questions to be raised yeah but i kind of like it just if nothing else than for it visually and and even mechanically for a difference in kind you know um in the sense that and and one of the things that i remember is you know when you get the ability to dive right underwater it's i was like what what's that even gonna be like and it was like two-dimensional side scroller i was like I, I like this. I, I liked that. You know, I was like, yeah. okay, cool. So now I can dive underwater, and that's that's kind of neat. Well, um, if, I, if I recall, the original Zelda, which the Game Boy Zeldas all pulled pretty heavily from, 
in their visual style because you couldn't do Link to the Past on the Game Boy Color, right? Um, the original Zelda, when you were in a dungeon and you went into the the room in the dungeon that had the dungeon item, that's mm-hmm. where you, you climbed down the ladder and you walked yep. to the side and then you went up a little ladder. Sometimes there were bats and you could see the item, right? And so like you knew like, oh, there's the raft or Ooh, there's the f- whatever, right? And so like you're like trying to dodge enemies, but you're like excited to go get the item. And I'm not an expert, but I think those that's literally it. Those are the that is the only place in console mm-hmm. Zelda that had 2D sections because Zelda 2 is all 2D, so that doesn't count, right? And then uh, also Link- that game doesn't count. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, but Link to the Past, I don't. I mean, it's going to blow my mind if I'm mistaken about this, but there are zero 2D sections in that, right? So the the Game Boy ones, even though they all came out after Link to the Past, I would say from a visual style, they're actually pulling much more heavily from Zelda 1 for the Nintendo, which kind of makes sense when you think about the limitations of the Game Boy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that to to, to speak to some of the limitations is that so the screen's smaller, right? I didn't actually count. I, I promised. I, I was like, I'm going to count out the pixels. And then I was like, eh, it's starting <laughs> to get close to research. It, it's um, close. The Game Boy is close to square. It's like 110 by 120 or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's it, you know, because like a regular, like old fashioned television was four by three. And this is like nine by 10 or like 11 by 12 or something. It's It's really close to square. Well, and I also think, and, and this is the unit that I wanted in, was not units pixels, but units links. You know, how many how many links fit across the screen? Because I think that some of the, the to me, some of the, the puzzles and some of the mechanics couldn't be as complex because there wasn't as much screen to, to, to pull it all together. You ten. Know? Ten links. Ten links for this one. Uh, I mean, assuming that my rough estimation was accurate yeah so how does that compare to how many links for link to the past oh this has got to be less it has to be that's, yeah. and, that, and that's kind of what i'm driving at right is it like you know when you have only so many when you have 10 links to deal with as opposed to 15 links to deal with let's just say right then it's it's like okay well you know some of the complexity of what you can do mechanically uh it has to be has to be toned down a bit you know because you can't have a puzzle with three levers because you can't fit enough obstacles between three levers. So it has to be two, you know, that, that, that type of thing. So, uh, um, but that being said is I don't re- I was going into it. I was certain that that was going to be an obstacle where I'm going to, I was going to be like, Oh, all these puzzles are samey because, um, and I, I did that. That was not my lived experience, you know? So, uh, no, and, uh, and this is the combat heavy job. one. Oracle of ages is the puzzle heavy one. Hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Um, I want to make sure uh, while we're still talking about audio visuals, uh, I got to shout out the little cutscenes things like there's only a few of them right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's some like toward the end, but I, I just, I, I love them. They're adorable. Right. Yep. They also, they reassert like link is kind of a goofy kid. He's not this angry furrowed browed adult. So I, I just right at the beginning of the game, you get dumped into him like riding on the horse like toward the camera and i was like oh right because this came out after ocarina of time yeah they they had to do that <laughs> um, and then when you start a new file uh you you know meet up with like din and the other randos who are like celebrating with her in the woods and she's like dance with me lunk and then it actually cuts to a full screen it's a still anim- i mean it's not an animation it's like a still picture but it kind of pans 
like it's yep. wider than the screen is so it like pans across the frame and it's her like dancing and like looking like she's having the time of her life and you like obviously struggling because you are not a dancer and it's just oh this these like 300 pixels in you know vibrant game boy color colors like this tells me so much about him and her and kind of like what the tone like how they want me to feel about the way the world is right now because i'm pretty sure it's not going to be that way for long right so <laughs> you just have these little tiny um like visual flourishes that can't stand in for you know fully 3d rendered camera zooming in on Ganon's face and then camera zooming in on link's face and he's all like ha right i i get that but they tried to remember we need to communicate some things about these characters because they don't, the, the games are story light. So we're going to use right. the visuals to communicate kind of who they are and sort of like how they function in the world. And I think even with just the literally like three screens at the beginning of the game, they nail it. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And, and again, like you said, that, that that does a lot of heavy lifting that they then don't have to rehash or reinvigorate. It's like, Oh, Hey, Link is not only obviously going to be the hero, but he's like unassuming. He's not, you know, all tatted up and you know got his got his gat and you know he's gonna he's not samuel l jackson you know <laughs> he is link link is not in fact a mushroom cloud laying mother fa- fairy or mother fairy um, <laughs> be, be a super different game <laughs> I, I i would play that i would play ocarina of time but where every wherever because like links the silent protagonist like they just have Samuel L. Jackson voice over what he's quote unquote saying, you know, it's like, it could just oh, be Link. over all the, the, like the swinging noises. <laughs> ah, ah, what, what say it again. <laughs> say what again. <laughs> you could make this mod just from Pulp Fiction sound clips. Like you wouldn't even have to go out into the rest of its catalog. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, somebody <laughs> make that for us. Uh, so, um, uh, a couple of other things. Um, Oh, so the last visual note that I have for visual sake is uh, at the very beginning, this game kind of sold me a little bit because it said, hey, uh, um, how fast you want that tech speed? And I was like, as fast as you can make it, please. And thank you. you right. know? There, there's something <laughs> very honest about putting that up front. Hey, yep. there's some text in this game. It's not super text heavy. Hey, there's some text in this game, though. How much can you read? Like, I just. Yeah. Ooh, love it yeah you because know, like because i will get very irritated if all of a sudden it's like dee, 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 hello link please i'm like oh my god oh my god i mean i feel <laughs> i get the exact same emotion with that as i do when somebody is speaking in a meeting and they say like so uh we had uh, an, an uh you know an issue and uh, i don't think it's a big issue but uh it's and you're like say it say it say the thing like provide context to all of this <laughs> you've said so many words and you have not communicated any information yeah, it's like the guy from the foundation series where it's like he was here for four days and he said literally nothing <laughs> um <laughs> so uh yeah so i i really like that because then you can just hammer through it as as, as fast as you like um that's neat uh so i had a couple of things on music one is iconic music right out of the gate you know i I like that. I like I like it. it lets me know I'm playing a Zelda game. Uh also um the uh the sound so one of the things that that I noticed for sound effects that I thought was kind of cool is that when you walk through water it gives you like the the clopping through water noise which I really appreciated because when I was initially looking at it I said like I I literally said what is that? I couldn't quite make out the fact that like that was supposed to be 
thin water, you know? Oh, yeah, there's the shallow and then the deep. Right. So the first time I saw shallow water, I was like, what? I'm not sure what that is. And the minute I started walking through it and heard the sound effect, I said, that is water. Okay, I'm with you now, you know? So I think that they did a good job with mixing the sound effects with the visuals. So where they had like weak visuals, they made sure that they had strong sound effects to reinforce the fact of like, hey, this is what this is. Yeah, you get, uh, I think, like a rustling noise in the leaves, right? When enemies are going to like pop up out of something, they make kind of like a like when they pop out, right? There's there's all the, the bog standard, like swooshy sword noise the zelda like you hit them and did damage or you hit them and you didn't do damage noise versus tink tink yeah and the reason i noticed that one is because there's at least one place where they screw it up so yeah the uh boss of the fourth dungeon he's like a crab thing and he has like one big claw right so you have to knock his claw off and you get that was the the dancing dragon layer yes (laughs) Correct. Um, you <laughs> you have to hit him in the claw to knock his claw off, and then you get the you are causing damage like flash, like palette flash, mm-hmm. but it makes the your sword is hitting a rock like tink noise. And I get why they probably chose to do that was because you're not actually damaging the boss, but no, but you are like, doing the right thing. Yeah, but you are doing the right thing. And, and there's like an incongruency between what you're seeing and what you're hearing. Now, like all Game Boy games, they probably had to design this game to be played with the volume off in the back of a minivan while your mom is telling you to put down that goddamn Nintendo. Like, I totally get it. But <laughs> overall, the sound effects are actually pretty good. Like, they're not grating. Like, they, they took away the terrible, um, like, superpower acorn that you get in the other Game Boy Zelda that has like oh god that little song loop is just not long enough and like it's just it repeats so many times and it's terrible so like it over overall like the sound direction and the music direction and this is just way better but that that one thing just jumped out at me is like aha i got you your your perfect 100 is now a 99 yeah because you're human like me take that (laughs) imperfect human yeah Uh, yeah <laughs> uh, agreed and actually uh that, that was the other kind of uh, sound effects that i had which is that I, I i felt that the sound effects none of them were grating they were all enjoyable and and i don't know what it was but the you you killed an enemy and when they explode like the explode spark and the explodey noise was like super satisfying i loved murdering pete like the murder was a lot of fun in this game yeah well i mean there's so many little things that i hate to say Oh, well, it's because Capcom made this game, but it's because Capcom made this game. Like (laughs) they are famous for their sprite work and their music. Like this is the company that was making Mega Man on three consoles at this point, right? They made them on the, well, and also a bunch of other consoles, but nobody cares about that. They made it on the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy, right? And then they went on to probably make others, I've been told. But at this time in history, this company, if, if you we're going to just point and say like, Oh, what's a company that makes JRPGs? You'd be like Squaresoft. And if you're like, Oh, what's a, what's a company that makes like really great sprite work and, and soundtrack like Capcom, right? Like I don't, <laughs> I'm not the kind of person who follows you know bands, sport teams, authors, directors, but like, even I know what makes Capcom famous. And there are so many little moments where I was just like, you know, if it didn't say Capcom on the splash screen when you fire up the game, I think I might still suspect that they had a hand in this. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely definitely has that feel. Uh, do you have anything else for audiovisual? 
Uh, I have one other thing that I, I think actually might be a decent segue into uh, more of the gameplay because it's it's visually not that big of a problem. It's when you start to interact with it, which is um, <laughs> doing an overworld map on a Game Boy sure is hard. There's a <laughs> lot of information you need to get in there. And to their credit, they do a fairly smart little thing, which is the map basically looks like nothing it, it's like topography at best like hey there's stuff over here and there's water over there and there's forest in this third place right so it's it's super not detailed but you can uh grid square by grid square scroll over it and it will give you also a very small and not super detailed little preview of what is in that area and so if you go over an area where there's a dungeon there's a dungeon. And if you go over an area, like over town, it's like, oh, this is the building that is in this part of town, right? So you still need to keep a tremendous amount of information either in your head or I actually didn't look up the manual for this one because I was like, ah, it's Zelda. I trust them to direct me around the world. Um, may- maybe there's a map because some Zelda games you know come with with physical paper maps. But yeah, I actually read the uh, the the manual for this. You did one. not they shut up. Actually come shut up. <laughs> <laughs> lying liar whose lying mouth speaks only lies shut your mouth <laughs> yeah uh no there's no goddamn way so um maybe 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 the nintendo power maybe came with it right um but i i don't envy someone trying to make a map at this scale that is actually like useful visually and interactable right. with so few buttons on the controller so mechanically i don't know that it really helped me very much but they did include a map and it does sort of function yes yeah and uh i mean you know it 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 does the the best it can with what it has right is that basically they what they needed was a a a bristle brush and some comet and uh what they had is a toothbrush and some toothpaste and you know they cleaned the area they could you know (laughs) (laughs) but it, it is what it is but uh uh gameplay yeah um i i i don't love a two button zelda like i get it but it, it's just, it's hard, man. So hard. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta swap things so much. You don't have those yes. other face buttons. You don't have shoulder buttons. Like it's so, they give you so many tools and you, like I got over it going in and out of the start menu. But for that first like hour or two that I was playing, I was just like, Oh my God, you have to pause the game constantly. Yeah. It, it's like the, uh, the water temple from Ocarina, but all the time, you know, it, because it's it, like, okay, it's, it's exactly that. And considering yeah. this came after Ocarina, <laughs> well because they were like hey man people are willing to tolerate this not green i guess that people are willing to talk. i guess this is fun gameplay um, and there's no way around it which is why i feel like it's forgivable and to be fair i mean it's lightning fast right it is way faster than the iron boots in ocarina yeah so it's but god shoulder buttons being able to just like cycle through your items oh my god be so good yeah well i think that one of the other choices that they made that i think was helpful is that you have two buttons and both of them can be swapped out to for different items, you know? So you, you can, you, you, you can, you make it so your sword isn't one of them, you know? So if you're going into an area where you're like, Oh, I'm sw- switching between using these two items constantly. Right. Then you're like, all right, well then I'm just not going to have my sword equipped during this, you know? So uh, I think they could have done a little bit more to build the game around that in the sense that I do feel that there were areas where, you know, I was primarily using two different items and then, but they, 
they would also put bad guys in there. So now I now I've got it. I have to use my sword, right? Whereas if they said like, hey, we're going to make this puzzle, and so none of the puzzles will require you, for you to use more than two items. And if it does require two, if it requires one item, then we can put bad guys in there. If it requires two items, then this room does not have bad guys in it. You know, or so, it's an item like that. that has like a a time based effect, Damage. right? So, well, yeah. so like the uh, the speed seed, which whichever mm-hmm. seed to the seed of speed i don't know whatever um yeah that when you use that it stays in effect so mm-hmm. technically you could use one open the menu put your sword and shield back on and now the seeds are no longer equipped but the effect is still in place i don't honestly think you ever are like incentivized to do that but they could kind of cheat in a third item where it's like oh you have to use this item then while that effect is happening use these other two items yep agreed um so basically for me for gameplay i've got kind of two categories of notes which is like mechanics and then a whole bunch of them that i got kind of lobbed in is story Um, (laughs) okay and and so for the story ones they're all kind of like faffy throwaway stuff but i think they're kind of fun so i I just wanted to, to, to run through them real fast which is um uh one is that so you're you're collecting essences of nature, right? Um, and I, I, I get that. It's a fun game. But this is one of the reasons why I'm glad I played it now versus like 20 years ago. Because Link's Awakening. That is the other one for the Game Boy <laughs> that we played. Super sorry. Please go on. You're collecting because you collect instruments in that one. And for some reason, that was the thing because you have to play the song that wakes up the space whale. So I'm yep. super sorry. Please carry on. <laughs> Fair enough. In this one, you're you're collecting essences of nature, right? And 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 again, you know, like in in the original ones, you were collecting, you know, uh, shards or whatever, imprisoned princesses or sages, right? And you know, stuff like that, right? In this one, essences of nature, and that just doesn't feel as epic, you know. Um, but again, I'm fine with that now. But as a kid, I would have been like, oh, so what? I'm collecting like you know, like autumn leaves. Like who gives a crap, you know. Um, that uh so the other one is that two it, it it feels this to me i think the, the analogy is like i i had historically played dragon ball z you know like the tv show and this is a movie you know it has that kind of feel mm. to it yeah right where it's like it, you know it, it's when you watch you know uh Dragon Ball Z, Lord Slug's Return Revenge, or whatever, right? Yeah, you know, you're like, yeah, this is this is kind of this is kind of Dragon Ball Z. It's not it's a, like it's a but, whole season crammed into 75 minutes. <laughs> it's a whole season crammed into 75 minutes where they kind of ignore some of the rules, but also expect for you to like have watched the main show, you know? Like, so that, that I, when I I was playing through, I'm like, I felt this feeling before. What is this? This is a DBZ movie. Um, then the other, only other two story things I had is one, uh. I am convinced that we are just, I'm not sure that we are the hero in this one because we are definitely running around extorting old men through like <laughs> some of them extort not ins- you back. <laughs> but yeah, like when it, when, you know, I, I ran up to the first old man and I think they, they always say, you know, make sure this stays a secret and then they give you money, you know, yeah. I'm like, like that's extortion, right? Yeah. Well, one of them, uh, I think his line is, um, thank you for paying to fix my door. And then he takes money from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's very uh very mafia i don't think i ran into that one or i don't remember it but uh i, I think um, the ratio is like there's slightly more beneficial ones to harmful ones but and and i don't think the harmful ones take away as much as the beneficial ones give you but it's it's kind of i think it's a little tongue-in-cheek at this point uh the fact that 
was it uh skyward sword i think has the rupor the like dark gray oh, yeah. no stupid <laughs> yeah well yeah that, i mean that's something because I, I i don't i can't think of a well, no, I take that back. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't think of a thing that you own that would have negative value, but that's definitionally hazardous waste. So they're hazardous waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not, it's not fun. Um, I want to, before I forget, because I, I think I had this in my notes and then I, I might have taken it out when I was consolidating, but um, Zelda games on the whole, I would say, as let's say 2D Zelda games, they are very story light and they're like, here's an outline. And now you kind of project onto that, right? Is yep. is Link literally a mute or is it just that like they don't give him a voice so that you're his voice, right? And and like right. the more sophisticated the games get, the more they have to have other characters talking and have lots of NPCs in the towns who like do things and talk about their lives and stuff. And like the, the games get just bigger and that's not good or bad, but 2D Zelda uh, has a very consistent lightweight. Like there's a little bit of talking at the top. There's a little bit of talking like near the beginning when you're kind of like getting oriented and then a little bit at the end. And that's kind of it, right? It's, it's not Mm -hmm. super story heavy in terms of like exposition. And yet it does feel very story heavy in terms of like what you are accomplishing and why it matters. And one of the places that, uh, the, the, a little bit of dialogue, I think went a super long way in this is, you said, oh, you're collecting essences of nature. Like that doesn't feel as epic. And I agree with you. Like there's something way simpler about saving maidens trapped in crystals, right? Unsheathing the master sword and stabbing Ganon in his dumb face. Like that's into into the heart of evil, right? It's super like, and, and it's very like little boy in the suburbs is like, I could find a sword in the woods and become the hero. of Right. I mean, it speaks directly to our like lived experience. Like (laughs) I want to be link. Right. So the, the line of dialogue in this that I thought was really smart for them to include, because I, I I don't, I don't talk to NPCs in Zelda games. No, ain't nobody got time for that. But I I happened to talk to this one. It's an older woman and she is uh, like, she has some kind of farming implement and she's like at the crops. And it's right when you get to town and it's right after like the, the rod of seasons has gone all crap and the temple of seasons is burst in flames and everything is all screwed up. And she expresses her very real concern that with the seasons chasing randomly, it will be impossible for them to grow food. <laughs> and I was like, it, it's like two, maybe three sentences of dialogue you get from her. And I was just like, Right. Because this isn't just like, oh, sometimes I can't walk this way because there's water and other times I can walk this way because the water's been frozen into ice. Like, people live here. (laughs) And like, this has got to be completely devastating for like the local ecology. And so maybe if you go around and you talk to other NPCs, you get like more of that or maybe it's, it's just all faffy. Here's how you play the game stuff. But something about that just jumped out at me. It's like, I don't know that I would have appreciated that as a a youth, like as a less experienced consumer of narratives, like just this Mm. couple lines of like, this is why this is a problem, by the way, like you're, you're not from here. You're going to piss off back to Hyrule or whatever. But like, if you don't solve this problem, we're all going to starve to death (laughs) if we don't freeze to death first. And I was like, Oh yeah, no. Okay. This is, this is important. I should care about this. Right. And I think that, that that's the, um, like one of the things that that I had to learn as well, you know, as as I got older, which is that like the 
scale of the narratives doesn't necessarily change the stakes of the narratives, right? You know, so one of the things that, you know, when you're a kid is, is man, if you ain't blowing up the earth, then what are you even doing? You know? And, and, and that's, that's very, uh, again, like normal legend of Zelda where it's, it's like, if Ganon is allowed to be in control, he will spread darkness throughout the entire realm and every, all like literal monsters will come out and eat people. You're like, Oh my God. But you know, and then, then, but there all are also ones where it's just like, hey, you know, what's going to happen if we don't do this? It's like you know, people are going to die. Not in a spectacular orcs are going to come in and, and chop their heads off, but you know, they'll starve to death. It's no good. It's not what you're looking for. As we were uh, warming up before we started recording, I was talking about Star Trek Discovery. The mm-hmm. threat in season one is the destruction of the multiverse, and yeah. I just I literally where, where you go from there. Yeah, I just literally turned to Susan and I was like, that's not a great sign because the, <laughs> the stakes are never going to be higher than that. And since we know where the show happens in the timeline, it turns out the good guys win because all of creation is not unmade. Like, what what what, what are they going to threaten us with next time? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, I got a hangnail and it's super itchy. Like, what, what, what are you doing? So I have what? come to appreciate like the more human hylian halorian whatever these people are i've come to appreciate the more like person-to-person story of an individual farmer turning to link and being like please like adventurer like save us i personally don't want to die if i die the whole realm isn't gonna fall apart but i would like to not die and you seem like you also care about people not dying horribly and like that's enough Yes. Well, actually, um, one of the this is this is slightly tangential, but uh, one of the things that that many narratives struggle with is uh, scope creep. You know, where it's like, okay, well, first it was the farm, and then it was the nation, and then it was the world, and then it was the galaxy, and then the multiverse, and then the Uber. All the, and you're like, oh my god, you know, like I can't. I, and we as humans, we aren't, you know, evolutionarily, we're not like made to see things in that scope. You know, we can kind of wrap our head around it. But once you get above the Earth, it's like, OK, Earth, multiverse, whatever. Right. Um, you know, which narrative handles that incredibly well of resetting scope creep? Steven Universe. Because if you look at Steven Universe, there's always like a big thing going on that like, oh, my gosh, all of Beach City is in trouble. Right. And then the next one is like Pearl Garnet's mad at Pearl. You know, and like you have to resolve that thing because it's about the interpersonal conflict, you know, and so uh, you have to like do reset those narratives sometimes. Right. So. So, yeah, no, I I, I think that kid me would have been like, oh, man, it's not all of Hyrule and, and zombies aren't coming to kill people. What the hell? But for this one, I was like, yeah, you know, like like essences of nature. I, I mean, it does. It does not feel as epic. But and I feel like I might not have made this clear. It doesn't feel as epic. I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, like it's not, it not being epic doesn't mean that I don't care i mean one of my favorite games in the world is the last of us and literally there's one person whose life you're trying to save in that you know and honestly you end a lot more lives trying to save that one life so yeah yeah the the balance sheet is super in the red at the end of that unless it turns out any amount of people is worth ellie which is apparently the price we're willing to yeah i I will kill as many people as i have to as long as she isn't one of them pretty much Um, yeah, so uh, the one the one note that I did have for the story though is um and and I I'm not I don't feel strongly about this, but is that you 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 start off you know princess captured, got to save the world, got got it. They're save Lunks, save Lunks team. Um, 
But then they immediately they, they dump you into Kakariko Village, basically. You know, it's not Kakariko Village, but it is. And and you have to go and you talk to a whole bunch of people. And they're they're kind of introducing all of the different mechanics. They introduce like the, how the seeds work and how this works and and then how how do you appraise rings and how do those work, right? I didn't like that much front-loaded tutorial. I wanted my sword. I wanted my sword. I wanted to go out. Explore a little bit, kill a few things, and then come back and say, like, okay, now tell me about tell me about these rings, tell me about these seeds. But I couldn't do that until I talked to 15 different people so they could tell me where to go get my sword. So I didn't I didn't care for that. That was just me though. No, I I think I'm with you because that's that's like all of it, right? Like you don't <laughs> you don't get any real additional hand holding or tutorial after that. It's just all right, like here's how everything works, even though a bunch of this is not going to be immediately relevant. Some of it, as far as I can tell, you can basically just ignore the rings. Like, yeah, kind of I indefinitely. Mean, I, so, so yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would have had a totally different experience if I engaged with that mechanic, but like they make such a big deal out of it. When you go talk to the guy and he's like, whoa, dude, you've got a ring box and don't, Hey man, rings only work if they're equipped. So make sure you're wearing a wing. And I was just like, oh man, this is going to be super important. And then several dungeons later, I kind of had the realization of like, what was that thing I was supposed to care about? Man, that guy sure did care about it. He owned a store that like the his whole business was caring about this thing. And so that was kind of weird. But I think they they either included mechanics that ended up being like, oh, whoops, we didn't center anything in the game around that mechanic. And it's not the seeds. The seeds super matter, right? Yeah. So it's it's not seeds. The seeds are relevant to, to lots of puzzles and lots of dungeons and combat interactions and stuff. Uh, the, the rings, not so much. So maybe, you know, don't force that on me at the same time. You're forcing on me the, like how to get and use your sword. Because right. if you put those two things side by side, basic design principles tell you that proximity is like causation, right? Like, like because these things are proximal, they must be comparably important. If you put, if you have like a safe deposit box at the bank and you have like, Oh, my will is in here. Then, and, and, and all of my, like the keys to the safe are in here and all of the information about how to collect my life insurance. Also this, this weird figurine I found one time when I was out hiking and it's like, <laughs> Oh, is that is it like magic? Like what, yeah. why, why is that in, like, why is that in with all the other, like obviously important stuff? And it's like, Oh, you know, cause I kind of like it. And it's just like, yeah. Oh, I, okay. Right. It's, you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. And especially because the game has the optional come in here and talk to, I think they're birds, right? The colorful birds. It's yeah. like the tutorial house, you know? Yeah. So they, they provide you with that. That's where the rings should be. <laughs> like all the ring information should be either in tutorial house or the ring guy's house should be like way off the beaten path. And you like maybe stumble upon it. It's like, Oh wow. There's this crazy like extra mechanic, but yeah, I'm I'm with you that it's like, it's too much and it's not all equally relevant. Right. And I think that, you know, again, like e even if it was, Hey, and this is just for me my sword's my security blanket you know it lets me know that i can handle problems you know so saying you know what you're about to experience is so important that we're not even going to give you a sword i'm like okay you've got my attention and then you know so it's it's just like but you be very judicious with what <laughs> you know what it is it's a uh, i was over at a friend's house recently and they're uh um, you know, son was swinging like six year old, seven year old, something like that was swinging around some foam nunchucks. Right. And then like and I just like turned around and he was like swinging them like near me. I just put my hand out and then he he wound back. and I said, just think 
real hard before you do what you're about to do next. And he kind of slowly put it down <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but I say all that to say that, you know, when somebody says, hey, man, we're going to do some tutorial. Hey, you know, tutorial for games. You need to know how to play the game. I got it. It's like, and we're going to do it before you get your sword. Okay. Think long and hard about what you put in that area because I, my tolerance for listening is going to drop precipitously because I, I want that sword, you know? Well, and um, it, it's, it's asking, it's asking someone who has any amount of games literacy. Maybe, maybe if this was your first video game, you wouldn't feel this so acutely. But if you have any games literacy, it's like, you know, oh, hey, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're going out. We all got to get in the car. And it's like, wait, before you do anything else, like when someone starts a sentence like that, you're on super high alert, right? Yeah. Be- before yeah. you take another step. Do you remember to turn the lights off upstairs? It's like, Jesus, like, why did you put me on such high alert for that? And that's like yeah. in a, in a, in a Zelda, right. Or in pretty much any kind of action, adventure. like, I don't even have my primary tool yet. And, <laughs> and I'm, you just told me where to go get my primary tool. And now you're asking me to hang on. It's like, you have me like, I'm holding my breath. What must yeah. be so important? And I know I, I, I don't want to speak for everybody in the audience, but it probably sounds like we're going like really over the top on this, but it, it does feel it's not just out of place for this game type. It's out of place for this game. Never again did I experience a moment <laughs> in the game where they were like, wait, just hang on a second. The rest, yeah. once you get the sword, they're like, all right, go save the world, ass, like get out of here. <laughs> right. And so it's it's so weird to just have this like sphincter clenching moment right at the beginning of the game before you can even defend yourself. And I think that that's and I think that that's probably the thing is that all they did was they said, hey, we just need them to focus up, you know, is uh, it, it would be the equivalent of, you know, to use your analogy, right? You, you're you're getting ready to leave. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, I need I need to make sure that we turn off the lights because, you know, we I want to make sure the electric bill's low. Um, hey, 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 lions, lions. Did you turn off the lights? You know, it's like because in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is just a thing I've got to check on my list. Right. But I'm not. I'm deaf to like how it's making you feel, you know? Um, so yeah, but uh, that, that being said, uh, one of the other things I do want to touch on that kind of links back to uh, uh, visuals a little bit and the number of lunks on the screen. Um, <laughs> Link's sword reach is enormous in this game, man. It's a tile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. It, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> But, but again, you know, like when you look at it as far as like in ratio of, you know, the, the screen, right? Is I, I just, I felt like that when I became aware of a bad guy, I could swing my g- 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 Goron longsword <laughs> across. Like it, it felt like, you know what it was is I didn't feel like Link. I felt like Cloud, you know? Yeah. I So I will say. I don't the, think there's anything to be done about it. Yeah. I just think that it's, it's interesting how just changing the number of links on the screen and that your sword is one link, you know, that, yeah. that, that does change the feel sometimes of like, Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm packing. The, the counterbalance to that is like most Zelda games, you are slow. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're so slow, right? Because in 3d Zelda, that's when they had to add like the little hop jump and the little tuck roll. Right. And so you have these things that let you move in bursts. And most of the time, you don't need overland speed, right? You're not running a marathon. It's because you're in a sword fight or you're fighting a demon or something and you just don't want to get your head bitten off. So you need to like dodge roll out of the way. But 2D Zelda's, at least all the ones I've played, they don't, they don't got no dodge roll. So 
can I stab the thing? Like, can I reach it to put my sword through its squishy bits? Like that was never a problem, but will it then also collide into me because it doesn't have, um, uh, like a knockback animation or whatever. The, the answer was often like, yes, like I can stab it and it'll stab me back. And because this game does what every 2d Zelda that I've played does, like you can get hit fast. You do not have much of a window of invincibility. So God forbid you end up like overlapped with something that causes damage. <laughs> like you're in serious trouble. So I agree with you. Massive sword range. It is somewhat tempered by the fact that you can't, really just stand there and swing away like eventually stuff will come at you from a weird angle or it will not have a knockback and it it will penetrate your incredible reach and you'll still take damage anyway yeah and and that's fair um one of the other things uh that i really enjoyed uh that i thought was unique to this one or at least because where i uh where i draw draw most of my you know zelda is from the 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 consoles the the main storyline not the movies is um man i like being able to jump that's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's pretty great. Um, <laughs> you, you were talking about like what, you know, Oh, what items do I need on this screen? If I knew I was just walking somewhere, you better believe I had that rock feather equipped and I was just jumping. Oh, yeah. just jumping. Yeah. Just jumping around. Right. And, and, and it's one of those things where I, I got mad at myself because literally I had the feather and I went into an area and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't go here cause there's a pit. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, explored, explored, explored. And I was like, I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Oh, that's right. I can jump in this one. Um, yeah, that's not, that, that's a very easy, easy obstacle to get past, you know? So it did take me a little bit of time to internalize that mechanic in my head of like, Oh, I have a way to deal with. And, and, you know, it, it's actually, you know what, now I think about it. Um, original legend of Zelda had the exact same mechanic. That was the latter. Mm, yeah. Yeah, pits just, pits become a solvable problem, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I think that that's not thinking about it out loud. It's just it's fascinating because my brain recognizes those as two different things, you know. But like, it's mechanically, it's like yeah, the pits are now you can now traverse pits, you know, one one link one link wide pits. Yeah. Well, and then later when you get the the Pegasus seed, which lets you dash, now you can do I think two maybe three right because you can dash and then long jump over a bigger pitch but only in a straight line right you can't like you still have to have something to land on on the other side um they they this actually uh kind of segues me to something i wanted to ask you about like this is the i'm told the combat focused part you know because this is i guess would have been the courage so this is links like mm-hmm. game and then the Ages is wisdom because that's why that's the puzzle heavy one. And then I, I don't know what the plan was for the third. I don't know how far they got in development before they canceled it. Um, but I felt like pretty, pretty good about myself when I would say like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this room is actually made up of these doors that use these keys. Right. And I can get from here to there, either literally physically move you know through the space or I can solve these problems that are obstacles by using these tools in these orders. And I thought they actually did a pretty good job of taking combat tools like the slingshot has, you know, once you get the slingshot and you can now shoot seeds with it, it's like, Oh, now the seeds went from having their like up close use to being able to use that, that same function, you know, lighting a fire or, um, just doing damage, like hitting an object, but like now I can do that at range. Right. And so the 
the puzzles, the way you conquer like minor obstacles and kind of like move about the space actually felt pretty sophisticated. Like that's one of the, I, th- I think it's interesting to measure it in terms of like how much complexity could they get on the screen at once? Because there are definitely some times where it's like, yeah, this puzzle, you actually kind of got to scroll back and forth because there's <laughs> the switches are like spread out a little bit. Um, but they also, I think did a pretty good job of learning like, okay, what sort of puzzles worked in the original Zelda? What sort of things were fun in link to the past? What sort of things have now been fun in Ocarina of time? Like how do we take that same sort of mentality and apply it in this, visually lighter weight, mechanically lighter weight, fewer buttons, fewer tools you can have equipped at the same time, like, but still not have everything reduced to a single obvious dungeon use. And then that's it. Like, Oh, yes. this is just for lighting torches. And that's all it will ever be for. It's like, no, sometimes you need to set things on fire that are way over there. Sometimes yes. you got an sometimes enemy that's weak. To fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> sometimes you got an enemy that's weak to fire. There's, um, Ooh, quick aside. The, uh, the evil fairy things, the skulls with the flashing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So in link to the past, do you remember how you defeat those? Not offhand. So you, you throw magic powder on them and then they turn into fairies. Oh yeah. Right. So yep. if, the, if they hit you, that's bad. And the magic powder is only in the square right in front of you. So like, it's kind of high risk, but it's super high reward. If you can like throw it on them, it's like, Oh, now they're a fairy and they're no longer a threat. Like, Oh, that, that was totally worth it. <laughs> So when you, when you get the mystery seeds, uh, in this, I was like, ah, this is the tool you use to defeat those evil fairy skull things. And it's not, you just kill them with the boomerang. And I was like, what, (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing? But, but but my setup, my, my, my efforts. Yeah. I felt so smart. And then was just completely destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, um. I think that that what you kind of hit on is something that I think separates like kind of good Zelda games from bad Zelda games, which is, is the stuff that you get, is it a weapon in your arsenal or is it just a weapon or tool in your arsenal? Or is it like the key that opens the lock in this dungeon? You know, because if it's the latter, then you're like, okay. And I got, I, I remember feeling that way. And I don't know if it's justified. We should, we should play the game and find out in uh, Majora's <laughs> Mask, you know? Which was, it it just, I don't know why it felt like, you know, oh, hey, you got this new mask so you can be Azora all the time, whenever you want to be. Really only here, though, you know, like (laughs) only in the Zora dungeon. It only matters right there. Yeah, it only matters in the area where we want you to do this thing. It's like, oh, outside of that, it's like, yeah, you can be Azora, but you just look like Azora. Like people interact with you differently, you know? So you're like, oh, this this feels a little desaturated, you know? Um. One of the things to to kind of tack on to that is, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm I apologize, I'm going to blank on this, but uh, is that the items that you get that you get at the end of each dungeon also have a mechanical use, you know? And yes, ev- everything and, as far as I can think off the top of my head is multi-purpose, right? But that's that's in my mind unique, right? Because you know, for example, when you get and, and link to the past when you would go and get you know one of the sages stones to go get the master sword that's all it was like there was the item that you got in the dungeon you know that that helped you through the dungeon and then there then you beat the bad guy you got your heart container and then you got your macguffin but that's all it was it was just a macguffin this is like macguffin that like also does a thing and i'm like that's kind of cool because you kind of get two items in every dungeon that's kind of neat that's why link between worlds was so like brain breaky because 
You don't get items in dungeons. You buy them from the store. So then you have to figure out what in the world does this tool I just got interact with? Can I use it to defeat enemies? Can I use it to solve puzzles? Hopefully some of both of those things. Like it's, it's very weird to go into the store and it's like, Hey, there's eight dungeons. Here's 12 items. And you're like, uh, but how will I know what to do? And it's like, figure it out, <laughs> figure hero. It out, man. Yeah. And, yep. and the thing is, in universe, they even kind of like wink to the camera a little bit. And they're like, figure it out, hero. Like, what tools do you need to solve your problems? And it's like, I don't know. It's like, then you're not a good hero. So like <laughs> this, this isn't <laughs> as extreme as that. Like, you still get the thing in the dungeon. You still always use it in that dungeon. But the fact that they're even multipurpose is like, yes, please, God, don't. Otherwise, just give me keys and lock doors. Right. Yeah. Actually, uh, <laughs> this is, again, a little tangential, but uh, I, I think figure it out, you know, is something that good video games in general do is that they don't, you know, they'll, they'll lead you by the hand at first, you know, through the tutorial. And then they say, all right, figure it out, you know, and then you you, you do and, and you need to be able to, like, effectively ask the game for help. So if you're like, man, I, I don't even know where to start with this. And they kind of like, you know, breadcrumb and nudge you back in the right direction and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, as I say all that to say that. um. I say that to my children all the time. You know, they're like, you know, Lizzie's doing this. Well, Teddy's doing this. Blah, 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 blah. Yep, figure it out. And literally the other day I said to him, uh, they were fighting in the basement. And Teddy was like, Lizzie's doing this. I said, Teddy, figure it out. And he goes like, but this is another thing. And I said, hey, Teddy, think it through, man. Um, if you don't come to a resolution, I'm going to take everything away from both of you. So right now you have, I was like, you have something. It, right, uh, no, I said like right now you have nothing because Lizzie has taken it from you. If you continue to do this, you will still just have nothing. So figure out a situation where you can have something. And then it, he was like, and then I don't honestly know how that resolved, but I know they stopped <laughs> fighting. So, which is actually what you're after. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I like it when games go figure it out, hero, because I think that's a good skill to uh, to develop. Um, uh, the only other two two minor notes that I have that you know we can either go into or not is a. Uh, um, Obviously, the, the the changing of the seasons mechanic, that's really cool, you know? It is, and it, it's weird how... I think part of the reason that it's not annoying is, like, the animation is super fast, and it makes you think third and a half dimensionally, right? Kind of fourth dimensionally, because you have to think, like, what is this space like in this other season, right? So mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're thinking spatially, but also sort of, like, a little bit temporally, like they never like make you feel dumb. There's always the obvious stump you jump up onto. So there's only specific spots where you can do it. So it's impossible to not know like, Oh, I was supposed to use it over here, but I I didn't think to use it on that screen. Like there's no stump, no season. Yep. Well, and, and it's, it's basically, it's just a, it's the, the dark world plus two other worlds, you know? Yeah. So like, like it's, it's, and, and the, the, the big there. And so they, they, again, they kind of crib some from a link to the past because just like in a link to the past, right? Is it like there are specific places where you can get into the dark world. There are specific stumps where you can get into the winter realm. And once you're in the winter realm, you're in the winter realm until you can find a way, another portal out of it. So I just think it's really fascinating the way that they, they can change the varnish. And it feels like you said, it feels different because we're like, ah, it's a season. So this is like time related, right? And it's like kind of, but it, it also works very similarly to, there's no difference between standing on a stump and, pressing the button to change the season and going through a portal to the, the dark realm. Mechanically, those two things are the same, but again, the feel is wildly different, you know? And I, I think I might argue that 
this actually has an advantage that is harder to do with the light world, dark world, because in the light world, dark world there, if you're playing through that game for the first time, there are times where you might be like, am I supposed to be in the dark world right now? Am I supposed to be right? And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with like getting a little lost and confused and having to kind of piece it together. One of the advantages that the season thing has is because it's all happening in the same like temporal space. Like right now it is whatever season it is. And then I can change it. And now right now it's that season. Like I haven't moved to a different space. I'm standing in the same place and now there's snow on the ground or there isn't. And, uh, one of the small advantages you get is there are certain parts where I was like trying to figure out like, okay, so if I make it winter, there'll be snow, which has the helpful little footprints on it, which lets you know, there is a way to walk on top of that snow. Right. So like, if if I make it winter, there'll be snow over there and then I, I can walk over the top of it. And then maybe that'll like, then, then I can do whatever, right. I can get somewhere I couldn't get to before. And then you walk a screen to the left instead of a screen to the right. And when you, so you make it winter and then you walk a screen to the left and it's instantly autumn or it's instantly spring again. And it's like, ah, so coming over here is not part of the solution because <laughs> this area has an enforced season because I do not yet have the tools to make whatever season I need in that area to progress through that area. Right. So like, Oh, and it's, uh, I think summer like makes the vines grow. And when it's winter, there's the snow you can climb on. And when it's autumn, it's pleasant and you wear a scarf. Like it's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's reasons to be in each, you know, there's a reason for the season can't believe it took this long to <laughs> that to come up. Um, but I really appreciated that if you went into an area that no matter what you did on the stump, like area X is always spring or it's always autumn or whatever. It's like, Oh, because I need that area to start in autumn to then participate in the rest of the puzzle. So the light world and dark world did a similar thing where it's like, Oh, like the hammer, you know, the pegs, like yeah. the pegs are only pretty much in the dark world. And so when you first get to the dark world, there's pegs everywhere. Cause that's how they like steer you around, you know, but it, yep. it's, you can tell like, Oh, I'm, should I have the tool? Whereas with the season thing, it's like the game forces that on you. So there's no way to cheat it. There's no way to think you're missing something because you, there's nothing you can do about it. Funny, funny side story. Uh, I was playing Link to the Past with Teddy and, and Lizzie. And uh, and so we were taking 10-minute turns, right? And we got to an area, and there is an area where you need to use the hammer to get a peg to go down in order to fall into a pit to get to a certain part of a cave, right? Um, and so Lizzie, Lizzie just kept saying, Dad, go go into the pit. And and the, the peg was blocking the way. I was like, I can't get to the pit. She goes, but Dad, Dad, I go to the pit. I'm like, I can't get to the pit. Dad, I go to the pit. I said, how am I going to get there? Huh? How am I going to do it? Look at that. This peg right there. And I, and I swing my sword at it. I'm like, look, what am I, what do you want from me? What am I supposed to do? And then, then the one other thing that happened that was amazing was, uh, you know, they, they were in a, 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 one of the little, um, like an area and there were just all there were, were chickens in the area. And Teddy wings, one of the chickens and he goes, and starts to run away. She, he goes, ha, ha, ha. and I was like, mm-hmm. and he like kept hitting the chicken. I'm like, do it. And he's wham, 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 wham. And then, and then he got bored and wandered away. And I was like, oh, damn it. The lesson went back. unlearned. <laughs> well, no, but then, 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 he, he, then he came back and he was just like, and he was just like, I'm, I'm going to hit some more chickens. And I was like, do what you got to do, man. <laughs> did he trigger on, it? Come. He did. Yay. <laughs> it, 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 
<laughs> and he was like, ah, ah, oh God, oh God. And I was like, and, and the problem is I was just kind of like, yeah, man, you know, like if you want to hit some chickens, that's a thing. I was like, that's the thing. So I was like mildly encouraging it. And then I really came down on him about the lesson, you know, that I like, <laughs> but I also, you know, so I kind of felt like I was like, that was suboptimal parenting, but you know, you know, you, you saw him outside playing, you're sitting on the stoop in front of your house and you're like, his shoes are untied. <laughs> I could say something or this could be a valuable teachable moment. <laughs> exactly. Because like, come on, do it, do it, do it. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Uh, the last note that I just had was that um, uh, I thought it was kind of cool that the dungeons had many bosses, you know? Yeah, I did too. Uh, and I got a lot calmer about it once I realized it's. <laughs> it seems like near, because they do the little teleporty thing when you beat the mini boss. And it seems like they also within some reasonable distance of the mini boss, there's like a room of loot and loot in Zelda games is not rupees. It's hearts, right? So like if you, because it, this game does what all the 2d Zeldas do, which I, I hate and I really wish they would explain themselves. But like when you load your save file, you only have three hearts. doesn't matter if you have 50 hearts, you have three hearts when you load, right? So if you do what I did and you're like, Oh man, kind of struggling with this boss i'm gonna take a break right and then i will come back and wrong yeah and then just jump on the teleporter you know walk two or three rooms over and then bing bang boom final boss and i did that and i was like "Uh, i only have three hearts and then i I was like kind of poke because again the dungeon map isn't super useful granted it's about the same as every other 2d zelda dungeon map but it's not yeah they're all garbage (laughs) yeah it's not not super useful so i was like kind of poking around and i found like the room of pots and like, there's a lot of pots and you smash them and you get hearts, right? So I was like, oh, okay. So this is, instead of them just making your goddamn save file load with full health <laughs> for some insufferable reason, they just want you to always have to build back up. Maybe it's because they don't want you to save scum. Like they don't want you to mm. save, you know, reboot your Game Boy and then be like, oh, I have full health, I guess. But I think it's way more likely it's just an artifact of history. But anyway, they solved it through like, world design where it's like okay if you poke around you will find a room full of pots or a room full of easy to kill bats or something and there will be you'll be able to grind for health which is again like a very mega man capcom thing like yeah okay fine there's a hard boss and if you go look over there there's a bunch of like infinitely spawning enemies that you can shoot and you can fill your e-tanks and you'll be fine (laughs) yes yeah yes cosign all that um that is that's pretty much all I got. You got anything else you want to hit? Uh, there were two things. Uh, one I wanted to ask you about and one I just like, I don't know, maybe maybe you can enlighten me. Um, so the platforming. Doubtful, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> There's platforming. This is not the enlightening one. This is just a funny thing I noticed. Um, there, you know, every, every dungeon has like at least a small 2D segment and some of them have like fairly substantial 2D segments. Um, uh, Link's Awakening also had some like pretty substantial platforming segments. These games made by Capcom, Capcom makes Mega Man, and it they they restrained themselves. They waited all the way until I think the fourth dungeon. But in the fourth dungeon, there is a section where you do platforming on the alternating blocks where some appear <laughs> and then the other. And dude, I could hear they're even kind of the right shade of blue. I could hear the Iceman stage from Mega Man One. The noise that those friggin' blocks make when they go. <laughs> 
like <laughs> I damn near dropped the console laughing. She's like, "Oh my god!" Someone <laughs> at Capcom was just like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna put that puzzle from Mega Man One in here. It's gonna be so cool." And it's not cool <laughs> because the platforming is not very tight. So right. most of the platforming segments are, I think, a fun visual and mechanical break, and they're they're perfectly pleasant. But anytime they ask you to do precision platforming, it falls flat in my opinion just totally flat no i i i I concur with that and actually that makes me think of uh what what i think probably more likely happened is something that i have done as a dm in DD, and i'm convinced everybody does which is that you know it's like all right man you know like hey you're in this town you know there's there's thing a thing b thing c thing d you know like whatever you want to do and they're like all right we're gonna do thing a thing b and thing d and you're like but thing c no man you know like that i don't even know what thing c is i'm not not interested in all it's like okay all right that's cool there's like a whole chunk of adventure that you wrote that they just don't engage with and all of a sudden it's like like a side quest you know that just nobody does right and so then you know next town you're like all right so now there's thing a thing b thing c that's the same thing c as before just (laughs) reskinned and (laughs) yeah because i've lifted whole side chunks out that like nobody experienced i'm like yeah okay uh but you know but they're in another water city now so they're all merfolk but it's exactly the same and like now it's mer daniel and mer mer patricia that need your help um i say all that if you wrote an entire world knowing full well your players were only going to see a fraction of it and you just let all that stuff die on the vine and then wrote entirely new things every time <laughs> like if, if every time you needed to eat a slice of pie you invented another universe that would be insane you, yeah <laughs> you would go mad oh absolutely and, and the nice thing is because i've, I've dm'd many different people is I'll, I'll occasionally be like okay for example you know like if i wrote something for you I'd be like, oh man, I need a quick one-off side quest. I don't know what's something I wrote for lions that these people haven't experienced yet. You know, I say all that to say that that's certainly what somebody did is that they 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 were, you know, it was the eleventh hour. They were a day late and a dollar short, and they're like, okay, I'm just going to take this <laughs> this this stuff we did in the Iceman stage. We're going to reskin it and we're going to toss it into Zelda. It'll be fine, narrator. But it was not fine because th- this is not made for that. You know. And I mean, they could have, right? They could have spaced the blocks out differently. They could have had fewer blocks. The problem I was having was I was colliding with some of the blocks because mm-hmm. your jumps aren't very tight. And then you smack into a block because you jumped further than you meant to. And it's just, uh, I, I was, the platforming conceptually and in general, I was like, oh, this is, I like this. Like, it is a fun little inclusion. It's a little evolution on the 2D segments from Zelda 1. Like, this is nice. But anytime they were like, okay, now do something challenging. I was like, you didn't build a game engine for that. Yep. <laughs> so oh, and yeah. granted no. it's, it's tiny little segments. They're infrequent, but you, you crash into those walls. Like you hit them. Hard. Oh, absolutely. No, it, it's, it's like, it's like platforming in a first person shooter where, you know, when they say like, all right, now just jump from here to here to here. And you, and you just go, okay, this is bad though. Right. You know that like, and, and actually, uh, in, in Borderlands, uh, one of the Borderlands expansions, they actually have like a platforming section in Tiny Tina's Adventure. And, uh, and it's funny because like you do it and if you fail it twice, Tina, who's the DM in this case, comes on and she goes like, yeah, the games really aren't made for this. And then solves the problem for you. Yes, and just create, I, re- I remember like, that. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing, right? Because I, I, I just feel like that, that's very tongue in cheek, right? So it just would have been nice if they were like, hey, do this platforming. Nah, super psych. You don't need to do that. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not gonna make it do. So here, here's the thing that I want to know if you could enlighten me on, because I, I was kind of racking my brain, and for some reason I just couldn't like assemble a coherent answer to this. 
there are in this game a lot of people who just shove random garbage into your inventory mm-hmm. and then somewhere in the world is a different people who wants that thing and in return for your generosity gives you some so it's like at the end of the game you've bought a house but the first thing anybody shoved into your inventory <laughs> was a paperclip so like you just keep trading your way up to like more and more important things to saving the world and the the the, the infinite recursive fetch quest yes yes right because you must do these exact steps in this exact order and granted there are lots of gates along the way to make sure like you can't get 95% of the way through the game and they're like, oh, you didn't start the infinite fetch quest because you need infinite fetch quest items along the way to proceed. I don't remember the other 2D Zeldas having this be such a core part of how you move through the world where it's like so video gamey, I guess. Like it was just very weird to me. The, the first couple items that you get just feel like, Hey, you're going to need this later. It's like, I, but, but this is random garbage. And it's like, no, no, trust me. Someone's going to need this random garbage, but that's not how it's presented mechanically. That is what's happening. But in universe, it's just like, Hey, carry this bag of dirt. It's like, why would I do that? And it's like, doesn't matter. It's in your inventory now. And then eventually you will talk to some NPC who's like, ah, a bag of dirt, just what I needed. Here's a single tongue depressor. And you're like, I don't, what am I going to do with this? It doesn't matter. It's in your inventory now. And like, it just, it felt, that was the, the like clunkiest, like it never stopped me. Cause it's always super obvious, right? Someone's like, right. I have a cold. I wish there was some spicy soup I could eat. Like, it's always really obvious what MacGuffin each person in the fest, fetch quest chain needs. And the the person who gives it to you says something soup like th- their entire personality is like I make spicy soup right so like <laughs> it, it's not it's their not. entire personality like Jesus <laughs> Jesus John get a new hobby <laughs> get any hobby um, <laughs> this is terrible but this it, is it, this is why Mary left you <laughs> it, just, it just felt like I don't know hackneyed like poorly executed like it it's not it never derailed me. It didn't slow me down. It didn't really cause any problems. It just felt like everything, the the visuals are so polished. The music is so polished. The puzzles are pretty well thought out. Like the combat is really solid. What is with the infinite fetch quest of awkwardness? Like does every 2d Zelda game do that? And I just never noticed because they do it like more subtly. Um, I, I don't remember a link to the past doing it, or at least I can't, it, the, the problem with Link to the Past, I played that one so many times, is that if they had it, I might it might not even register. Which is exactly you know? how I framed the note in my notes, was like, yeah. oh, maybe I've just become blind to this. Right. Um, if I remember correctly, there was something similar in like the first one, the, the original Legend of Zelda. In order to get a couple of items, you had to get, you had to like stack them, you know? But it was more like, oh, I've gotten, you know, the red candle, which, you know, then I can then use to go to, to, as a tool to go get the blue candle, not like I'm just trading it to somebody. It's not uh, u- useless garbage in my inventory. Um, qu- quick, quick uh, other aside, one of the fun things in, in D&D, or at least a rule that I've always established, is that uh, cursed items, you just can't take off, you know? So one of the things that would always happen in my adventures is somebody would be like, all right, magical item, like, I put it on. Okay, can, can I take it off? No. Um, I say that to say it's like, 
here's a bag of dirt. And, and you're just like, uh, okay, I don't want this. Why can't I get this out of my inventory? It's like, it's a cursed bag it's of a, dirt. I, 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 yeah, put it in my inventory. Okay, can I take it out of my inventory? No. no. Um, can I equip it and use it? No. No. <laughs> it just takes up a special space over here on the second screen. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is don't think about it, Morty. Uh, I will say, though, that where I first for sure noticed it is in Ocarina of Time. Um, and it is the way you get the bigger on sword is through the infinite fetch quest of weirdness, um, which is exactly, I actually had a note about it and I, and I marked it off because I'm like, ah, I, I don't know if this is just like my hot button thing, but yeah, is that, uh, is it when I saw that and I was like, yeah, but, and again, I, yeah, like I said, like that, that, that is, that is to me when it started and that they probably did it there and they were like, Hey, this was kind of cool. But then I, I agree with you that I felt that they meant, made it too integral in, in integral here you know so as before as opposed to before it was like you can either get the fake bigger on sword which breaks after a hundred uses or whatever right or you can get the awesome one but the awesome one you got to do a bunch of weird discordant stuff right well and that that's optional right optional right but then it's like but it's like no, no no do a bunch of weird discordant stuff that's necessary you're like okay well there is a big difference between reading a book for fun and reading a book for class yeah and i i think the one change i would have had to make is let me have two or three cursed bags of dirt at a time so it's because it as far as i could tell maybe it was just weird luck but you have a spot in your inventory for your cursed item right yeah and so you're always just trading up that paperclip trying to get to that house and like i get it like oh this is incentive to talk to npcs it's incentive to like be an active participant in the world and like understand the relationships people have to the world and to each other I, like i'm 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 all for that but it might be nice to leave a little bit of the problem solving to the player where it's like oh i have this item and then I talked to this other person and they didn't want my cursed bag of dirt. They just shoved the cursed tongue depressor onto me. <laughs> and then I talked to this fifth person, right? I talked to two more people in between and they didn't say anything about the dirt or the tongue, tongue depressor. But then this fifth person, they wanted the dirt and then they gave me something else, right? Or they didn't, they just take the dirt, but they don't give you anything. But mechanically, like in the code, now that I've given them the dirt, they go do something off camera that makes it even possible to get the other thing. But you just literally swap item for item for item. And it just, I don't like, it's not, it's not game breaking. It's not even disruptive because people just do it automatically. You don't have to do anything. You just talk to people and they do the trading for you, which is why it feels so like awkwardly video gaming. It's like this, this gating mechanic that is like on full display. Like, Right. It's not a door with a key. It's mechanically a door with a key, but like they're trying to pretend it's not a door with a key. It's just, it's, it's maybe the clunkiest part of the entire game, which is considering it is totally inoffensive and it's just awkward is still pretty good. Yeah. And, and I mean, other games do do things that are similar that I, I also find in my opinion, distasteful. Um, and actually we, we, we discussed this a little bit for uh near automata, which is that like, where it's like, man, you can craft whatever you want, whatever you want, except that, you know, like, like, you, you, except that if you want to craft, you know, if you want to craft any useful item, you need five wood, three iron, and then one MacGuffin unit. And it's like, and we're only going to give you a MacGuffin unit when you get to this point in the story. It's like, then, then don't even make it available to me. This is not, 
this is not craftable you know like Th- then when i get to that point in the story just give me the item yeah exactly like because because by the time that time i'll have 99 wood 99 ore and and so that that currency is deflated and meaningless yeah so so that type we you you see different flavors of that type of thing all over the place where they're like they want it to feel like oh man through your own cunning and wit you managed to do this thing but re- and 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 honestly to some people with perhaps lower lower game literacy were like this is maybe one of the first games that they're playing it may still feel that way but when you played enough of them and you're and it's like like oh my gosh like look at all this stuff I can craft it's like yeah but kind of you know like oh wow <laughs> look at this cool item puzzle I found out yeah well kind of you know <laughs> like. Like it's not that's not but you know that's not what they're for. But uh this is the other edge of that master sword, right? The one edge of the master sword is like our taste in narrative has matured to the point where we're less cynical assholes. But also <laughs> like when a mechanic is even just the tiniest bit dull, you're just like, huh. huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we, so we need to temper that. It's it's getting the bullet bill in eighth place in Mario Kart. You're like, oh my gosh, what a surprise. I, I wonder if that rubber band could be even more taut. You you have uh, Mario Kart 8 for your Switch, yeah? I do not. Okay, so find someone who does. Like, even if you have to fly out here and we, we can play it together, there's uh, one of the racetracks is like the baby loop where it's literally like the stereotypical yep. like oval shape and it's super short. So they make you do like eight laps of it. Mm-hmm. And in the, the latest version of the patch uh, for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you can choose which items come out of item boxes and playing that track with only <laughs> bullet bills is really chaotic. Like <laughs> it's, it's totally stupid. You only do it once, but it is a very funny couple of minutes where just everyone is just firing bullet bills nonstop. And if you miss, like if you take a turn too sharp or somebody cuts you off and they get the item box <laughs> and you don't, you feel terrified and tiny and helpless <laughs> as all of these bullet bills are just flying around. Hey, don't, don't, don't kill me. Don't kill me. No, um, that one, that sounds amazing. And two, uh, uh, you know, not again, not to get too far afield, but I was uh, talking to somebody recently and they were playing Mario Kart. They're like, oh man, you should play it. And I was like, yeah, I just, I can't get around the rubber band physics, you know? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I could see that with like, especially with, with, you know, Mario Kart 64, something like that. But this one's better. And I was just like, I don't know what to say now. Um, sure. You know, yeah, like, no, the, the right thing to say is nothing because right. you just met a grown ass man who still genuinely believes in santa claus and and it's just like i i am surprised but you seem so happy like if if you really believe mario kart 8 doesn't have rubber band physics i who am i to destroy your childlike wonder or or that the rubber band physics are getting less intense you know (laughs) yeah no 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 dude the the latest version of mario party doesn't just give out random stars yeah that doesn't happen at all it's like i i think it you know what you know what you you, you look like you're having a good time yeah yeah sure <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> sure champ what do you think man did it hold up uh it totally held up and we are in a delightful coincidence point where uh i think we've had some listener requests for more of the the expanded zelda universe uh you said you wanted to play this game because you hadn't played it i had you know turned my nose up at the the handheld zeldas um and then literally just last week Nintendo announced that they're bringing Game Boy games to Nintendo Switch Online and this game is going to be among them so <laughs> we're getting like delight, delightful free coincidence advertising. Um but yeah, it it's 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 a good top-down Zelda game. Like it's just 
if you like Link to the Past, if you liked Link's Awakening, especially like personally, I think this is headed in a better direction from where Link's Awakening had some like weird rough edges because it was their first portable outing. Um, I, I can see no reason not to play this if you like 2D top-down Zelda, right? If if you if your first Zelda game was Ocarina or Twilight Princess or Breath of the Wild, right, a 3D one, this would probably seem almost childishly provincial, but the music's great, the art style is adorable, and you can play it on modern hardware without having to, you know, do anything sketchy or unsavory. Um I I can't see a good reason not to put, you know, the 8 to 12 hours into this because it's just nice. Like it's it's just it's not it is not only is it not a grand, you have to save the multiverse from being, you know, <laughs> eaten and farted out by Ganon, but it's also like the mechanics are all approachable. The combat is all approachable. The puzzles are all approachable. Like the whole game just feels like a nice Zelda adventure, which seems to be what they consistently have been doing with the portable ones. Like if, if this trend line continues, portable Zeldas are more like what if linked to the past, but more, you know, and then the 3d Zelda is like, they continue to raise the stakes and they got more serious and they got more complicated, but the, the portable Zeldas are just like, I don't know, man, I just want to play link to the past, but I'm not at my couch with my television. So it's, it's great. Highly, highly recommended. If you enjoy the top down Zeldas, which if you don't, that, that is sad for you. I don't, uh, I don't think you said the words, man. No nostalgia goggles required. I didn't. <laughs> and I kind of had a moment where I was like, oh, he's going to call me out, isn't he? And you did. And you were right to do so. So thank you for keeping me honest. <laughs> no problem. Um, so full nostalgia goggles from my seat. Uh, no. <laughs> Burn it all no. down. Yeah. A terrible game. Uh, basically chaotic evil, both broken and unfun to play. Um, no, dude, I mean, no, the, game, the game's a blast. No, no nostalgia goggles required. required. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that, you know, one of the, and we said a number of times that one of the things that this game does, I think very well is it doesn't have to be, you know, season seven of Doctor Who where, you know, the entire world's at stake or I don't know, whatever, whatever season that is where, you know, it's like, it's the Omni super multiverse. And you're like, Oh my God, goodness. Can we just like, I mean, just blowing up the earth is fine. Like I I, I can, I can wrap my, my noggin around that. Yeah. This, you, you can even just screw around with Britain. I believe that that's important. Like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, that that's like a, a weird, like, you know, city or something. I don't know. I don't really know much about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Marka. Um, and, and our school systems are beyond reproach. Uh, anyways, I say all that to say that, uh, yeah, no, I mean, again, the game, the game's fun. It does a lot of interesting things. It does, it does some things that could maybe used to be improved on, but 90% of it is, is genuinely fun and interesting and, and fascinating to kind of go through. So, uh, out of the chain of Legend of Zelda games, this is a good link. The curtain falls, the music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head. From the time that you spent Traversing the land 
battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you've lost for a while. You gotta think back much less on how you saved the day. Then on all the experience gained. I can't believe that joke survived until now. 